Heavenly Father, how wonderful, how glorious is your love for us. And we thank you for the love of God. As we think about your great love today, we pray that you might help us to worship and celebrate and praise your name. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for us that we might have hope and joy and peace and victory. Oh, how the love of God warms our hearts and gives us great assurance in these times of trouble and distraction and despair. We pray that today you might open our hearts and our minds and that you might give us just for a little while a little bit of focus from the distractions of our world. We, we, we bring all of our burdens before you and we, we ask that the Holy Spirit of God would bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. May we have attention today as we celebrate, glorify, and honor you for your great, great love, eternal, immense, glorious love for us, <clears throat> regardless of our condition. So Lord, today we ask that you might help us. We pray for our friends who are joining us today who cannot be with us. May the Lord bless them. Those in hospital beds, those who are in other places, in homes, and other places where they cannot come. May you be especially with them today. May they sense and know of our love for them. And we pray, Lord, for all of us who are here in this place together, physically, we pray that you might help us to truly hear from the Holy Spirit of God. Forgive us of our sins. Now give us understanding and insight into your word so that we might celebrate and be doers of your word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Romans chapter 5. Good to see all of you again today. And this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. We continue to think about this great theme of how great is our God. And so today we've talked about already how great is our God in His compassion, how great is our God, uh, how great is our God in His graciousness, how great is our God in His patience with us. And now today we come to consider what, uh, you know, I'm... I'm uh, ill-equipped to be able to preach on this great truth of the love of God. And the love of God is what we consider today and think about. And so I want to take your mind to this great truth. And let, this is where we have our chance, church, in these days and times to set our mind on things above where Christ is seated and to consider and think about the great glory of God. That's what we're trying to do during these days. So Romans chapter 5 uh, I hope you've had time to find your place now. Would you stand, please, and honor the reading of God's Word? And we'll stand and read these words together. Romans chapter 5. I encourage you to keep your Bibles open because we will look at uh, several verses in some detail. Uh, but we'll read together right now. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Romans chapter 5, 6 through 8. Paul is writing to the church at Rome. And he writes these words, beginning in verse number 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. Now here's our focus, verse number 8 today. But God demonstrates His own love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. 
So the focus today, our focal truth is very simple. It is God is love. God is love. How great is God? Why God is great in his love for all of us, regardless of our condition. Let me ask you some questions here today as we begin to get you thinking about God's love. It's interesting to me in all of my ministry life, as I talk with people about the love of God, many, many people sincerely will say, well, I don't deserve God's love. And that's true. None of us deserve the love of God. But the good news about God's love is God's love is not given based on our goodness or our lack of sinfulness or what we try to do. God's love is eternal love based upon His character and nature. God is eternally loving regardless of our circumstance or our situation. So I ask you today, do you know, this is a very important question, do you know and do you believe the love of God that He has for you in your life? That's, a, that's an important question in the days in which we live. It's so easy for us to be in despair today. And I know some of you are facing very hard times and difficult circumstances in your life right now. But in the midst of whatever circumstances you might be in, Sometimes the idea is, well, God only loves me when the good things come in my life. No, God loves us whether it's good or bad, whether it's easy or hard, uh, whether it's a good time and the sun's shining or whether there are dark, dark clouds and there's all kinds of pain and trouble in our life. God is love and His love is eternal. His love is, is permanent. But do you know God's love? And do you believe that God's love is for you regardless of your spiritual condition? Well, until you settle that, my friend, there's not going to be a lot of peace in your life. There's not going to be a lot of assurance in your life. There's not going to be a lot of joy. You have to settle this question, do you know God's love, first of all? Secondly, do you believe that God's love is for you regardless of your circumstance? That's how great God is. He loves us when we don't deserve it. Do you? Are you aware today? Are you aware of the love of God in your life? We're going to see here in just a moment that for those of us who are saved, God makes sure that you know that you are loved. God has made sure, but do you today? I'm just simply asking to all of us who are here, regardless of your spiritual circumstance or all of you who are listening to us today, wherever you are, are you aware that God loves you personally? Sometimes we have the idea, well, God loves a lot of people, but no, I'm talking about you. You see, nothing will warm your heart greater, my friend, than to know that you are personally loved by God. Nothing will warm your heart. Nothing will bring greater assurance. Nothing will bring greater peace than for you to leave this place being encouraged by the Word of God that you are personally loved by God regardless of how you are living today. Can you, can you explain why God would love you? Well, the only explanation is, is because he's so great of a God that he chooses to be eternally a loving God. And so finally, I would bring this to you. How do you feel when you are loved by someone? You know, there are a lot of people in the world today who don't feel loved. They don't feel that there's anybody who loved their children. Uh, sadly, in our world, even living here in our own, uh, on, in our own counties around us, sadly, who do not feel great love from their family. Uh, they don't feel the love that brings assurance and support. But do you, in your personal life, sense and know 
have you a, 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 an emotional awareness of what it's like to be loved? Well, all of these things fold together to help us understand <clears throat> this great truth that I'm going to comment on from verse 8 of Romans 5, that God has demonstrated His own love. Pay attention to the words. God demonstrates. It's not a past tense. It's not necessarily a future tense. It's all tenses. It's a current reality. God is demonstrating is the idea. God demonstrates. He declares, He demonstrates His own love toward us. And this is to generation to generation. How does He demonstrate His love? Well, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the answer. So how can we describe the greatness of God's love? I don't know. There's so many places we could choose in the Word of God to look at this. I've chosen to give you again this reminder from this great verse in Romans 5, 8, because it's all tied to the cross of Jesus Christ. So I have three observations for you today that I'm going to make from verse number 8, and then we'll, we'll do a little bit in trying to apply this in our lives, and then we'll be on our way. But first of all, I want you to see these three things that come out of verse number eight. Number one, God demonstrates his love. God shows his love. He reveals. He demonstrates. Or as I'm going to say here, God acts, A-C-T-S. He acts in love. He is a God who acts in love. Secondly, God loves sinners. Now, you and I might uh, think we're saved and we don't like unsaved sinners, but God likes sinners of all kinds. Self-righteous sinners, uh, Pharisaic sinners, those who are saved by grace sinners, and those who are still not saved. God loves sinners. I want you to hear me. God loves sinners in all shapes and sizes and all the ways in which they live. And finally, the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross because He loves sinners. This is at the heart of the gospel. If we do not understand the love of God, how can we share the love of God with anybody else? Some of us need to get our ideas of the love of God right. What's greater, my friend? What is greater? Is love really love if you only love people who love you back? Is love really love if you only love people who do you right? Is love really love if, if you only... Take care of those who are close to you and in your family. Oh, the glory of God's love is, I hope you're listening to me, the glory of God's love is, He loves sinners who don't care anything about Him, who are His enemies, who hate Him and despise everything that He stands for in this world and all that He has done. God loves sinners of all kinds. His love is eternal, it is glorious, it is unconditional, and it's from generation to generation. That's what we live. We live understanding the greatness of God's love. So first of all, how does he demonstrate his love? Well, there are a number of ways to describe this. What does Paul say here? Let's go back up and just see some of the demonstration of God's love just in the context of these verses. These are, fam these are famous verses. Many of you in here, I know you well. You know these verses. In Romans 5, 1, we're justified by our faith. I'm not made right with God by what I do. I'm justified by putting my faith in Jesus Christ. And here's the wonderful thing. When I'm justified by my faith in Christ, I gain peace with God. I no longer am fighting with God. You see, those who are without Jesus Christ in our world today are enemies to God. 
They are haters of God. They're rebellious against God. So were you and so, were, so was I before I was saved. All of us have been rebels and we've stood against God, against His Word, against the truths of God's Word. But you see, God demonstrates, God acts in love. When God was describing Himself to Moses, I've repeatedly brought this uh, verse to your attention while we've been talking about how great is our God. Exodus 34, 6. When God spoke of Himself, now church, when He described Himself and His character to Moses, what did He say? Leviticus, excuse me, Exodus 34, 6. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate. The Lord, the Lord God, gracious. The Lord, the Lord God, slow to anger. And then here it comes, abounding in loving kindness. How does God demonstrate His love to us? Well, He is, the, I love these words. Now, I read from the New American Standard and over and over, especially in the Psalms, you read the phrase, His loving kindness. His loving kindness. Your Bible may read His faithful love. But I want you to stay with these words and this wonderful, this wonderful compound word that describes the love of God. How does God demonstrate His love? Listen, first, He's, loving, he's lovingly kind. That's what God does. He is lovingly kind to you and me. Lovingly kind. He is not only lovingly kind, but there are places in the Word of God. In fact, I'll read some of these to you. One of the greatest ex expressions of God's loving kindness is Isaiah 63, 7, I shall make mention of the loving kindnesses of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which He has granted them according to His compassion and according to His abundance of loving kindness. Oh, how much we see in the great love of God. He demonstrates His love by His sacrifice of His own Son. For God so loved the world. We know this verse. That He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. God demonstrates by acts of sacrifice. God demonstrates His love by acts of mercy. There's not a one of us in this room that's been saved except by the mercy and grace of God. Isaiah 63, 9. In His love and mercy, He redeemed me. That's what all of us say who are Christians here. That's the song we sing in our hearts. Because of God's mercy and His love, He has saved us, Isaiah 63, 9. His, his uh, demonstration of love is not only in His acts of sacrifice, not only in His acts of mercy, but the very nature of God is to love. That's the nature of who He is. There is this wonderful love of God as I mentioned to you before, 1 John 4, 6 says it, we have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. Do you know the depths of God's love? Do you, and have you experienced this wonderful truth in your life? Look on in Romans 5 at what else happens. As a result of the troubles we go through in verse number 3, it says we rejoice in our troubles, knowing that trouble produces perseverance, verse 4, proven character. Proven character, hope. And then here's verse 5. If you still have your Bibles open, Romans 5, 5. Look at this now. It's very important. What does God demonstrate to us? What does He do? Why we read these wonderful words. Hope does not disappoint because, look, the love of God. The love of God 
has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You don't need a preacher to tell you if you're saved that you are loved by God. Now, we need to go to our lost friends and tell them they're loved by God. We need to talk to them about it so that God can open their hearts and warm their hearts. You see, the world's filled with hate. Most people are hearing about how everybody hates each other. But the believer says, we say to the world, God loves you. God loves you. He cares about you. God cares about you even in your, even in your rebellion and your hatefulness and hatred for God. God loves you. But here it is, my friend. If you're saved this morning, the Holy Spirit of God gives you this constant confirmation whether you're in hard days or good days. Listen, God loves you. I love you. I am with you. Don't be afraid. I will strengthen you. All of the words of assurance that come from love are poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So I have, if you want to say it this way, the witness of God's love in my life that the Holy Spirit puts in my mind and puts in my heart. There's not a mother in this room who when your children are afraid, you don't hold them in your arms and say to them, I'm right here with you. I'll be with you through this. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. That's what the believer experiences from the Holy Spirit of God. But are you sensitive to that? Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying, you are greatly loved of God? God demonstrates His love by these acts of sacrifice and mercy and His very nature, but He gives us, He plants within us now, being saved people, the assurance of our are being loved by God. I don't know how better we could have it than to know whatever else I don't have, I have the love of God. God loves me and cares enough for me. Oh, this is hard now for us. God loves me enough that He's going to discipline me. God loves me enough. He's not just, you know, it's not the idea that, oh, because I'm loved by God, I just get all the things I want, like a spoiled brat. You know, He just pours it all on me. No, God also, God also loves me enough to discipline me. He loves me enough to do things in my life to demonstrate His love for me, and some of them are very hard. And that's the days in which we live. God demonstrates His love, verse number, verse number 8. Notice, He demonstrates His love, and what does He do? While we were yet sinners, He demonstrates His love. Secondly, let me just talk about this for a minute. God loves sinners. If the church is going to be effective as the church... We've got to start loving sinners. If the church is going to be the church, we have to love sinners. Oh, this is going to be hard. Next time you start thinking about a group of people who are acting a certain way and it makes your blood boil. Now, remember, God loves those people. God loves those people not when they're good. God loves those people when they're really bad. Did you know God loved you when you were really bad? It's true. God showed His love to you and to me, as I already mentioned. God shows us in His kindness to us. He is kind to us when we're unkind to Him. He is kind to us when we, when we refuse to hear His truth. He's kind to us when we're unwilling to listen to what He has to say. And every last one of us in this room who has been saved recognizes that God loved us while we were yet a sinner. Do you remember, uh, this is an old phrase, an old preacher 
uh, used to say all the time that I was around, do you remember where you were when God found you? Do you remember where you were? Do you remember how you lived? Do you remember how you acted when God found you, church? Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like that day when all of a sudden you heard for the first time, maybe you'd heard it many times, but oh, for the first time, it's like you woke up and in your mind you heard this, Jesus has died for me. I must believe and be saved. I've got to get my life right. I've got to trust the Lord. I've got to ask God to forgive me of my sins. You see, every last one of us, while we were in our sin, while we were doing things that were horrible, that are unspeakable, God loved us. God loves sinners. He is lovingly kind. He is lovingly good. Let me, listen. Titus 3, 4, when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. God in His goodness loves us. Lovingly good, lovingly kind. I've got a few more. Lovingly patient. Lovingly patient. Lamentations 3, the Lord's loving kindnesses never cease. The Lord's loving kindnesses never cease. What's going to happen in our world? God's going to keep loving sinners until the end. God's going to keep loving sinners to the end. The love of God is being extended. It must be declared by God's people. We must live in the light of the love of God in our own lives. The loving kindness, the loving goodness, the loving patience. Now, Paul said last week, I quoted it to you from the book of Acts when we were talking about God's patience. He said it like this. He said, God put up with the children of Israel for 40 years. Think about patience. Now, here's something we can all practice for just a moment. Why don't you go ahead and turn to your neighbor. If you're sitting by yourself, you can say it to yourself. Say, God has put up with you for a long time and he still loves you. Go ahead. Say that to one another. Encourage one another. Some of you need to say that to yourself in the mirror today. God's put up with you a long time. God's still being patient with you and he is patient in love. What do we all learn? Most of you know in here. 1 Corinthians 13, when it's describing God-like love, love is, what's the first thing? Patient. Love is patient. Not much patience in the world today, is there? A lot of impatience. A lot of frustration. A lot of anger and bitterness. A lot of, lot of things going on in the motions of people that are stirred up by these times. But love is patient. The loving patience of God is the love that He gives us for one another. God loves sinners. God is kind in His love. He is good in His love. He is patient in His love. He's also gracious in His love. Psalm 116, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. Well, God demonstrates His love because He loves sinners while they're sinners. It's not, a, what kind of a God would love us, as I said before, if only He loved us when we were, when we got right with Him and came to know Him. Oh, now, those of us who are saved, this starts to show us something really wonderful, that the source of all love was demonstrated in the last phrase of verse 8. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. What can we all remember today? Christ died for us. Change, change these words. But God demonstrated His own Lord, uh, love toward you. In that while you were yet a sinner, Christ 
died for you. For someone to die for you. Again, let's go back to this great gospel truth. For someone to die for you demonstrates their great love for you. We don't meditate often enough on the, on the love of God. We come next week to the Lord's Supper where we remember the Lord's sacrifice for us. It is this time where we're reminded, verse number 6 of Romans 5, For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm just giving you some verses here. Just as Christ loved you, and gave Himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice to God. Saved sinners, my friend, who understand the love of God, they experience in salvation being reconciled to God. Now there is a love relationship between you and God that nothing can break. Even though we may grieve God in our sin as followers of Jesus... I want you to know God still loves you if you've fallen away from Him, if you've gotten carnal in your spiritual life, if you're not walking with God like you used to. The love of God hasn't left you. God's love is still there, though He may be grieved. You know, grief comes because of love. Grieving comes with love. And God cares enough about us. He grieves when we walk away from Him. I'm asking you today, my friend, what is the condition of your spiritual life today? So many of us sit in this room looking at everybody else to determine what kind of condition they're in. And we set ourselves up as somewhat of judges on each other. To judge how each other are behaving spiritually. I'm not asking you to look around this room at everybody else. I'm, look, I'm asking you to look at your heart. Do you know the love of God? And do you believe the love of God to be true in your life regardless of what happens? And are you able to say, Christ died for me. I am saved because of the love of God, His loving kindness, His loving goodness, His loving patience, His loving gracefulness. He has given it all so that I might be saved. He's demonstrated His love to me over and over again in my life. It's like the old hymn says, amazing love, how can it be? Amazing love, how can it be that Thou, my God, should die for me. We sing about amazing grace, but we must never forget about the amazing love of God for us in Jesus Christ. Well, what are some things we should take to heart this morning as we finish up today? Well, I just have a few things I want to just try to drive home for a moment. Just be patient with me and then we'll be gone. First of all, God's eternal love is always the same. You see, when we think about the greatness of God's love, his eternal love, the, the quality of God's love doesn't fade with time. It is fresh and new. It is good every day. God's eternal love is always the same. He has from eternity been a God of love. This sometimes shocks people. They like to talk about other, uh, other attributes of God, His power and His authority and His supremacy and His sovereignty and his, what, he, everything He knows and all. But this is as eternal as anything we have to understand about God. When God spoke of Himself, I'm going to say it again. When God spoke of Himself, what are the first qualities that God mentions to Moses? Compassion, grace, patience, long-suffering. Slow to anger, and now 
abounding loving kindness to thousands and thousands and thousands. This is the fountainhead. This is the love of God. It is eternal love, my friend. And the sad thing is, is that as followers of Jesus, our minds are set on so many other things. We're not, set, we're not settling down and, and considering seriously the love of God. I say to you, if you will go home and spend some time meditating and deeply thinking about the glorious, great love of God, it will lift your spirit. It will give you new assurance. You will have renewed peace and strength in your life. God loves to love sinners. It's the second thing I want to say. We may not love it because we get so self-righteous. We think we're better than everybody else. If you get saved and you start acting like you're better than everybody else, you better check your own spiritual temperature. If you start now sitting around judging everybody, you become a self-righteous person. You become Pharisaic in your faith. Look, that's sin against God. Judge not lest you be judged. With the measure you judge others, are you listening? You be measured by it. Sitting back and judging other people. Sitting back and judging dear people who've never read one word of the Bible and they don't care. And we somehow look, we look with our uh, eyes over them as if we're better than them. Shame on us all. Shame on the church. God loves to love sinners. And He does to this very day. And if God loves to love sinners, what must His people learn to do? Love sinners, and that includes saved sinners and lost sinners. The love of God, when we experience it, helps us to know that we are beloved of God. Look, there's not one child in this room today, all you boys and girls that are here, every one of you want to be the favorite of your parents. Every one of you. You all do. And so my mother's listening to me today and she knows with my four sisters, mom, I was the favorite. You know, I'm always the favorite. Every child wants to be the favorite of their parents. But did you know that you're all a favorite of God when you're saved? You become the loved of God or the beloved of God. When you get down and you pray, what did the Lord say? What father, if his son comes and asks him for a fish, is going to give him a rock? The answer is no, no father's going to do that. If you come and you bow, your, if you bow your head and you pray to God in the midst of your troubles and difficulties and you ask Him by faith for what you need, surely you understand you're one of God's favorite ones. You can come now in the name of Jesus because you are a beloved of God. The beloved one has, be, has, has loved you. See what manner of love the Father has given to us that, listen, we should be called the sons of God. We love Him because He first loved us. Those who are loved by God and experience salvation in Jesus Christ, experience becoming a favored one, a favored one. And those who know God's love, love God most. If you say you know the love of God, but you don't care about loving God and demonstrating it by your life of holiness and worship and glorifying God in the way you live. What did the Lord say to the man who said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? Remember, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength and love your neighbor. Secondly, as yourself. What's the greatest command? Love God. All things work together. All things work together for those who 
who are called, who love God and are called according to His purpose. God brings all these things together in our life, the bad, the good, the trouble, the misery, the happiness, the joy, all the rest of us. Let me tell you, those who know God love God the most. And life assurance grows from knowing that I am loved. I'm going to give it to you here. Romans 8, 37. Through all things, through all things, through all things in these days. I'm saying it over and through all things in your life today. We overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. Can anybody say amen? amen? Through all things. You see, the Word of God is giving us a great promise here. If you're loved by God, He's going to get you through everything that you go through. Well, I end with this statement and I, I put it on the screen for you because I want to say it clearly for you. I want to read this phrase to you in this, this statement as we close, thinking about the great love of God. Now just think about it for a moment and let me, I couldn't put it in shorter sentence. I just, I had to put this down for you. If we would, and I'm talking now to all of you, my friends, as we consider the greatness of the love of God, listen, if we, if we, here, everyone listening within the sound of my voice, if we would focus on God's eternal Tenderness and compassion. Start right there. No, God's not a God of hardness. God's not a God who, of cruelty. God is not a God. He is a God of tenderness and compassion. God is a God of tenderness. Eternally tender, eternally compassion. If we would focus on God's eternal tenderness and compassion. Listen, if we would focus on His thoughts of kindness toward us from eternity. Did you know God's thought of you from eternity? You need to go home and think about it. That's how special you are. That's how profound this is. God has had thoughts of kindness towards you from eternity. His love is eternal. You're not a surprise. You're not an accident. You're born into this world and God has always had love for you. If we would Go home and when you don't think anybody else cares about you, oh, pause to think about the eternal thoughtfulness and kindness of God towards you from all eternity and His present graciousness and acceptance of us. Let me say it again. If we would focus on God's eternal tenderness and compassion, His thoughts of kindness toward us from eternity and His present graciousness and acceptance of us, we could not endure an hour of absence from Him. Who would not want to be in the presence glorifying a God with such tenderness and compassion, eternal kindness toward us that's never ended and present graciousness and acceptance. Oh, how glorious it is to be loved by God. Paul said, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amazing love, how can it be that Thou, my God, wouldst die for me? 